I used to walk around Davis with this um, man bag um, <laughs> with my CD player and I don't know, maybe three or four CDs. And when I was walking around with that man bag, um, that was one of the CDs that I kept with me all the time. Was it leather? No, it was uh, canvas. Okay. It was a dope man bag. everybody welcome back or welcome to if it's your first time welcome to the pompa culture podcast uh, my name is anton i'm father to Ginny, who is four and a half going on 18 and ellis who will be turning two years old in geez uh, less than a month now so that's kind Ooh. of crazy count down to two yeah and um I definitely did not get misty-eyed watching the uh, Mary Poppins trailer earlier today. Did not one bit. (laughs) All right. I'm going to have to ask you about that. But I'm John. I am the father to Malcolm, who is now two years old, as of a few weeks ago. And... uh, He's been a great two-year-old so far. I have been listening to the Sirius XM Coffeehouse channel, which not at all has been bringing me back to Dawson's Creek <laughs> in Smallville. Of course not. Your, your two favorites. Shout out. <laughs> shout yeah. out. WB. Wait, was that WB yep. or UPN? WB. CW. WB. Anyway, John and I have known each other for, God, over 20 years. And, you know, we spend our time on this podcast talking about, you know, the pop culture, sports, TV, uh, basically all the stuff that uh, we've kind of been into pretty much our whole lives. And we kind of look at it through the lens of fatherhood, um, particularly there are uh, if, if these new kind of like fatherly uh, duties have kind of changed their outlook on the stuff that we like to consume um, mm-hmm. sometimes it probably sounds like we're just getting old and you know we just need to you probably are yeah, yeah well we're definitely getting old for sure but um, you know we're probably getting salty too so it has been a minute since we've recorded, and, you know, it's because we got fucking kids, man. Sometimes that just happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it was probably a while back where we thought about uh, trying to do this episode, and this was kind of inspired by the Ringer podcast, The, right. the Rewatchables, where they... Uh, basically, each episode is a movie that they deem as a, a, a movie that can be rewatched over and over again, and then they kind of discuss different topics about it. So we kind of thought we wanted to do something similar, um, mm-hmm. but we thought that we would do it on 
the pilot episode of uh, Battlestar Galactica, the remake that got uh, released in 2004 on sci-fi. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I guess as a recap, you know, like there was that Battlestar Galactica original series back in the 70s, which was like super campy. And um, Ronald D. Moore, uh, formerly Star Trek The Next Generation, I believe, Mm-hmm. Ended up rebooting it. They did a mini series that was like a movie. Oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't a mini series. It was a oh shoot, was it a mini series? Movie. Yeah, it was a two hour movie. So it was, I think sci fi was so occasionally would do those two hour movies as the intros to their their new series. Correct. Correct. So yeah. So that's what they did. They did a two hour movie that was basically a reboot of. Uh, or a reimagining. I don't know what you want to call that. We've we've had this discussion before on on this podcast, maybe like yeah, fifteen episodes ago. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. th- you know they like the. Uh, I guess people like the uh, that two hour movie enough that they made it into a uh, a full series. So we watched the season one, episode one, episode basically the pilot uh and it was called 33 so so season one episode one yes season one episode one i watched it on hulu um shout out to my peeps um but yeah it's been a while since i watched it and i think it's i remember watching it the first time and i think maybe one other time later Mm -hmm. um and do you remember like, what do you remember from your first, or the yeah, you know, like when it first came out and when you watched it? Do you well, remember? Much funny about thing it? is, as I was watching it recently, I recall I recalled that I'm not sure if I actually even watched the first episode. I did watch it for sure. I had it on the TV playing on a DVD, uh, but I don't think I was fully paying attention to it. Hmm. Okay. Because I think the I watched the the two hour or the two episode miniseries reintroduction of the the concept, and then following those episodes, you know, the next ones showed up. So thirty three and episode one, so episode two, whatever. I don't think it was till episode three where I really got hooked into the show, and really started paying attention so there were elements of it that i definitely remembered and then elements of it that i'm like i don't know if i ever even recall seeing this part (laughs) huh okay yeah i mean for me i think for the longest time i held on to this episode as like oh man this was one of the best pilot episodes i think i've seen um i remember the premise very strongly uh which uh, throws you kind of like right in the middle, like from that opening shot, and right. to you know to recap the episode, and uh, it's it's basically the entire fleet who has really been uh being chased for like five straight days, um by the Cylons, uh, yeah. and uh, there's it's called thirty three because every thirty three minutes the whole fleet 
has to do basically an FTL jump, which is basically jump into light speed and yeah, you know, transport somewhere else. And they have 33 minutes um, before the Cylons end up showing up where they are. Yeah. So with that premise and being thrown right in, it's kind of like you just kind of right there in the middle of the action. Right. And then everyone, uh, you know, you're supposed to kind of feel disoriented in the same way that the characters do. Because mm-hmm. um, they're they're already five days in and you're thrown in there and you're seeing all these scenes and you're kind of unclear what's going on. It takes a few minutes to really figure out what's what's happening. And then it's just kind of like, I remember at least thinking that it was super fast paced. Yeah. But you know what? Um, on the rewatch, it's much slower paced than I remember. Yeah. Um, which is the, as you were talking, which is the interesting thing is because I think most of the BSG, I don't know. I, I've never watched the original. Most of the BSG that we're talking about was actually really slow, slowly paced throughout. Yeah, there, I, I think so too. Yeah, there were, you know, like there's actions, there's always action scenes, there's always some kind of shootouts, there's always something like maybe big, but then there's only been a few that are, I recall that were really like big action, action y kind of moments. But majority of the show had kind of a when they were going intense and it was action, it was like esoteric kind of intensity. Yeah, there was a, yeah, it was definitely intense and there was uh, certainly a lot of tension. Um, do you think we need to do a recap of the, the first, like the, the intro movie just for people who may have never watched BSG before? I mean, I, Sure. Why don't you go for it? I don't. Well, I don't really remember the the movie that well. Except, I mean, I feel like if if you watch the the previously on, yeah, it basically covers everything. Right. Well, that's what I was. Gonna, that's pretty much what I was going to cover. But I mean, it's, it's essentially it's a sci fi show. There are uh, thirteen colonies, so you know it's sci fi, so people can jump to can fly to different countries or different planets. Right. The thirteen colonies, which are all planets and it's all humans and then they created these things called cylons so basically the status quo is humans cylons and what happened to change the world was the cylons they their ai developed and they decided to revolt against the humans and basically destroyed the colonies and so so basically our future pretty much basically our future so thank you google and apple um siri and alexa um, basically destroyed us um <laughs> and then about 43 44,000 escaped and basically we're uh that's how we got to this episode and at that time because there, there had been so many years or decades of peace Battlestar Galactica, the ship was actually going to retire. But um, obviously, because of what had happened, that became the flagship military ship of the show. And so now, basically, all the 
the colonists colonists the people are uh just trying to survive but the cylons are basically um have declared war on them i mean i guess they'd be refugees right since like their their home planets are all destroyed and they're just kind of like floating around in space yeah trying to escape yeah um but the yeah. one cool little twist from uh this new one is that cylons over the 40 years or how, however long of peace um have actually developed um a form a life form that looks like humans mm-hmm. so there's like the they call them toasters which are the basically the metal robots mm-hmm. but there are um a certain number of cylons um that look human and yeah. um at the end of that movie you actually discover they they actually show all the human forms and one of the human forms is actually uh one of the characters that is actually on Galactica already yeah. right yeah. so yeah. you know it was a pretty cool 2 hours and i think that was one of the coolest for at least from like a story standpoint yeah. the coolest narrative thing that they did right yeah for the show yeah um so i guess like i mean the next thing i have on here is like was it still as impactful you know um mm-hmm. after what like i know i didn't watch it when it first came out i was probably maybe a year late or a year too late yeah, I was three years late. Yeah. Um, and I guess I guess it was pretty... I was When I was re-watching it, even though that it wasn't as fast-paced as I thought it was, yeah. um, I was still pretty gripped. Like, the, the way they tell the story is still kind of plays today. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, uh, it's kind of like a, not, not super shaky cam, but in this, in the similar <laughs> vein of like 24, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 24 born, born supremacy and born ultimatum kind of like that. And, you know, there was a very specific type of, um, shot they would do in space where like the camera would zoom in and kind of go out of focus and then refocus and you know it's totally fake because they're yep yeah they're faking that yep it's a camera in space that doesn't exist so which is what which is used a lot now in the in in space tv shows and movies Mm -hmm. that that was like done on firefly too it it seemed like it was a a very popular thing yeah. that they kind of started and then even now uh still gets used. Yep. Um is was there I mean, I guess for you, since you you realized that maybe you hadn't seen everything, but yeah. Was there anything that you like uh, was there anything this time around that you're like, holy shit. I didn't, re- a, I didn't remember that. Yeah. Well, you know, 
I think it's important. So the reason why we chose this is because we were talking about reviewing things that we, in part of our intro, we're talking about things that we used to like and we might not like them anymore kind of thing. Yes. And then it kind of waited or it kind of turned into, hey, let's go over some really classic pilots. And then this one came up. And when we talked about BSG, I was asking, asking like, is it the movie or is it this one? I think the movie itself, I, I, I think this. So let me answer the question. Yes, I think it was really impactful. There is still really cool stuff about it. I think it also kind of cheats because they had the first <laughs> two hours to really ju- like bring people into these characters and the twists and basically kind of the, the narrative structure of what's going on. Um, aside from that, as an episode, if you're starting off a, a new television, television series, I think it was really good because... I think there's some pilots that fall into the pilot formula that are really kind of horrible. <laughs> um, where it's like, you could tell they're just rehashing or kind of introducing certain things and making it really obvious that this is something you should pay attention to. Right. But with this one, I think you, I, mean, I can't watch it without knowing what already has happened in the future. And so, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about some things that happen in the future that this episode kind of foreshadows. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, I think it was special in that way is that seeing a pilot episode would so... Like, you know, BSG, one of the things that people really loved about it was that there's so many layers of mythology. Like, it really had its own world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for each character, for the whole Cylon versus man thing or human and um ai versus whatever and then just religion and all that stuff a lot of that was in this episode you know like there's there's certain shows sometimes that mythology evolves and it's really cool that way but this show had some core pieces to it from the get-go like what well, I know that you mentioned like religion already, but like was yeah. there something specific or like a specific scene that the um well it was at the end when um Hilo was um uh, when the Caprica boomer saved Hilo. Yeah. And then um basically the Caprica six that remained that was not well, a different Caprica six. Anyway. One of the Cylons, one of the main Cylons, one of her clones died, and then she was watching the whole act of Boomer, who is still a sleeper agent at this moment, saving Kilo, who was one of the Battlestar Galactica um, soldiers. So for me, I didn't realize it, but you know, knowing the movie or knowing the series is that they did that on purpose because they wanted to have a hybrid baby. That's right. Yeah. So Athena, who comes around a few seasons later, um, is really important to 
the destiny or whatever of the Cylon religion and actually for the humans too, right? And so the Cylons wanted that to happen, so they made it happen. Wait, so I thought that like Boomer knew or the uh, Caprica Boomer actually knew that she she was working Hilo the whole time and then she ends up falling in love with him. I yeah, see, it, I, that part, I don't know. Like, um, maybe she was. Okay. So the boomer, so the boomer in space is still a sleeper agent. So the yes, the clones, not all of them are completely um, sentient. Right, so, right. So the Caprica one, yeah, may, maybe knew she was um, working him. But right. it wasn't just, uh, I don't know, maybe to get intel or to whatever. It was actually... For the purpose of trying to procreate, have that, yeah, to procreate the hybrid, right? So I thought that was one piece. Um, the other piece that I thought, re- like, basically cemented why I I like BSG a lot was the um, ha- their decision on having to what to do with the Olympic carrier. Yes. So the Olympic carrier is one of it was a civilian ship that as all the ships were jumping to the different coordinates in 33 minutes they lost them and then they reappeared and then everyone was celebrating but the only person that really didn't think that was a good thing was um, Admiral Adama who is the lead um, well Admiral the lead well he was only uh, he was only uh captain then right was he like i think you become admiral when you're actually like in charge of two military more than one military thing okay but he yes whatever whatever he was at the time he's the only one that noticed it but he's he's basically supposed to be like the 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 military head of like you know the the two leads, the two decision maker leads. Right. Anyway, the core of BSG that I like, people like the mythology. Some people liked the other things. For for me, I really always like the um, the gravity of decisions in the show. Mm-hmm. Well, it's literally well, life or death, right? It's literally li- literally life or death, and you have to. Make make decisions quickly. You have to make decisions quickly, and you, as a person, have to review. Kind of, ha- you kind of have to assess how you would handle that situation, right? Because mm-hmm. later on in the season one, there was another episode around um, abortion and the the kind of um, decisions that they have to make, whether they're pro life or pro. I mean pro-choice or whatever but they're in a situation which you know some of the characters have to go through and say i may be this in normal world but i'm this because of now that olympic carrier decision was basically they had to decide if the olympic carrier was something that they need to save or destroy and this is like a mil you know these are the military jets space jets that um in flight, in in duty, had to decide if they're going to shoot it down or not. Right. 
and the other people who made those decisions, the president, the Adama, whoever else, they, that's that, that conflict of, I have to make a decision and is it the right one, even though it's ethically kind of a horrible decision? Right. In the regular world. Um, and then, like I said, it, it kind of calls back to you and go, like, how do you react to this? Because your favorite people are making decisions that you may totally disagree with. And that actually speaks to why I really enjoyed that at the time, because these are pe- characters that you rooted for. Um, who are inherently good, but are making decisions that are basically unethical. Like there's so many, like this show was like super gray area. And you know, this show came out during, you know, Bush, Bush's presidency. Um, you know, W and there was a lot, there was a lot of gray area politically, uh, and socially going on at that time. Um, and the show was like important. People would write about how important the show was because yeah. it was able to show both sides of a particular difficult issue. Um, and you understood where both sides were coming from. Yeah. And that's, that's what made it intense was because you could really sympathize with with you know there weren't really too many super evil characters right mm-hmm. or super good character i mean yeah i guess there were a lot of good characters but like they would still make bad decisions and, there were there were like no complete like pillars of right i don't know humanity or that yeah. are totally there's no pure good guys in the show you know, I think what would be interesting too is to maybe rewatch the father and son dynamic because, mm-hmm. you know, Edward James Olmos, who plays, um, what's his first name? Captain, like, what's his? Um, oh, I don't know. Let me check. Well, Joe. Lee, yeah, Lee, uh, Lee Adama. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Adama is the son. And, uh, you know, there's the basically the the captain of the fleet or the the one in charge of who makes all the military decisions. And there's the son who's basically the golden boy. And, yeah. You know, so I think it'd be interesting to kind of uh, rewatch this through that lens. You know, like yeah. seeing what Bill. that father Bill, yeah, right, Bill Bill yeah. Adama. Um, yeah, and they they only got into. I mean, I forgot what happened in the movie, but then they only got into a little bit at the end of this episode, which again kind of calls back to some bigger discussions that the bigger character pieces that they're going to do later down the road, right? Um, where they obviously were kind of on the same page from a military perspective, but also you can see that there's some tension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and before we go, uh, anyway, I agree, totally agree with you because I, I think that would be a different piece now that I wouldn't have necessarily connected with. Well, I guess I would have connected it with it being the sun. Yeah, when I was watching the, it. Yeah, but, at the time. Yeah, but now I think there's obviously the extra perspective, right? And you know what's also interesting too was uh, just to kind of go back on. Uh, go back to the point about 
a lot of the gray areas that uh, we were always in in the show was that you were seeing these humans um, kind of struggle to make these tough decisions, uh, yet the Cylons were also kind of learning to be human in a way. Yeah. Um, So they were also sympathetic, even though they're basically the bad guys. And, you know, as this, whenever the sleeper agent thing starts to hit and then you kind of, the the existentialism of kind of just going through that was like, it's pretty profound to just kind of watch some of that stuff kind of play out. You know, the funny thing when we talk about that, so the reason, one of the... I don't remember why I got into Battlestar Galactica. I, I I don't know if I read some pieces about wanting to watch it. I don't know if I was talking to you about it, but I watched it from certain DVDs that I had. And then at the time, the shows that I liked a lot, I would there was someone on Yahoo groups that that led basically TV fan groups and then she had a blog and so you know people would post on the yahoo group about some some ideas or responses or maybe on her blog some comments and stuff like that right i remember at some point i don't know what part what season it was i was basically saying like are the cylons really the bad guys right (laughs) And then someone was like, uh, they kind of blew up 13 (laughs) planets. You know, they kind of uh, basically committed a genocide. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) No, but. But, Sorry, go ahead. No, it's totally true because, (laughs) I mean, the fact that you even asked that question, you're just like, wait a minute. But it's in this, I mean, in the context of the show. But even, I mean genocide and all that stuff we're talking about like this is fiction so we're gonna play with we're gonna stick in that world the you know in war every country does horrible things right right like the u.s has done and is doing horrible things the people that we deem our enemies are doing horrible things in war humanity shows its ugliest right right so depending on whose book you're reading we talk about like history books whoever's book you're reading or whoever's newspaper you're reading deems who's the hero who's not and so yes the cylons blew up 13 countries or 13 uh planets and killed so many people but then the humans were also doing horrible things to the Cylons who by that time had become their own independent beings. Right. Yeah. They were basically, they were enslaved. Right. So it could have been, I mean, you know, so I'm kind of like responding now back to that person (laughs) (laughs) to this podcast and goes, well, Everyone does horrible things. Anyway, but yes, that that is the core of like the, I, I'm not talking about the real world, although I kind of am, but um, that's the, that is part of the essence of the show. Like you, we just said, is that 
it makes you question those things in a really in a really convincing and kind of genuine way you know what i mean like no, like you said there's no, or like that we've been saying there's no pure good guy and even the folks that we follow for the first two seasons as a complete evil because you know we're supposed to empathize with the humans because they're the good guys whatever we're human we see their purpose for their actions yeah 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 so what like after you watched it you know obviously the the story still plays right even today right like the the way that it's made kind of still works but like is there anything else that like uh that sticks out for you as like that really works that really works yeah um i think even though it was like mid 2000s animation i still really like the i feel like the the space battles and space animations Yes. Works the, well. Yes, but they definitely did some Robotech and Transformer stuff where they like reuse the same shot. Like when they yeah, land, yeah. when they, yeah. la- they do like emergency landing back yeah. uh, on Galactica, then you, know, <laughs> you see you see the same things over and over again. Yeah. So shout out to um, shout out to Robotech. <laughs> the well, one thing I've always loved about the show too, which still for me still hits. And I think it also leads, it also adds to the piece that we're talking about. Like, even though the show ultimately is a very slow-paced show, it's still highly intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is the music by Bear McCurry? Yeah, man. Shout and so, out like to that guy. Yeah, he. I mean, he does a lot of different things. He does the current, like the um, Outlander show. Not Outlander. Is it Outlander on Stars? Uh, he does a bunch. He's done a few video games. But I mean, he, he had a he had a good good streak during that time, though, right? Like yeah. he went from uh, he was doing this, and then he did like Eureka. Yeah, um, and they're super unique. <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's certain like Michael Gia Giacchino or whatever his name is from um. I mean, he 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 obviously has range too. He's an artist. He's a musician, composer. But you know, like with Lost, uh, with Alias and Lost, he hmm. definitely he definitely had his own sound. Yeah, right. But like Bear McCreary going from the heavy drum, like most of it's percussion, right? Percussion and maybe some strings in Battlestar Galactica, and then. Eureka is so whimsical. Yes. Yeah, yes. he's the same person. Did it. He actually is still doing a lot of stuff now. Because um, I occasionally, when I want to listen to instrumentals, I want to play his instrumentals. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So, um, his music always dope during that. And then I think you know we're talking about the intensity and stuff and how it brings us in, even though it is a slower pace thing. The percussions. I don't. I have a feeling it's intentional. Kind of, it's kind of like it's mimicking the heartbeat that people are experiencing, right? Like 
the high stress, the um, right, the high blood pressure. That's sure. what he's pretty much doing in in those moments because that and like you know that little key, the high pitched um, piano key sound that he does a little bit like with um, when Caprica six or six sorry is um, in scenes with Gaius. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that still hits. You know, I think, uh, those scenes actually play really well too, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they do this, you know, it it is a trick right now where, you you know, where a character is seeing someone that no one else sees. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this show uses that, uh, kind of that technique a lot like it's it's such a big part of Gaius Baltar's character yeah. and yeah. and Six's character and um you know that like the performances still kind of shine through and pretending that one person isn't there and then the way that uh it's all shot too yeah. I think still plays today yeah you know you know as we're talking about these episodes I never really thought about it until you know obviously seeing the whole series out and then watching this series, watching this episode. Um, some of the conversations between Ga- Gaius and six, some of it's on the spaceship with president Roslyn, right? Yeah. Some of it is back in Caprica before it was destroyed. Right. Right. And I'm sure other people had talked about this, but I never really did it. I mean, it never really kind of triggered for me. At some point, like narratively, people could have been asking, was the real real conversation in Caprica or was it happening? Like, you know, was everything was... Was it like real time, like just in his head, but in in Caprica? Is all the space stuff in Gaius's head? Right. And it kind of, for me, it came up because they were talking about the whole, as they were trying to figure out the Olympic carrier and six was really working Gaius to, to, to convince the president that it was a bad thing. Yeah. But they were also talking about it in the Caprica scene. Right. Which is the Caprica scene is supposed to be in his head. And the president in real life is supposed to be him on that spaceship. But what, what if it was a reverse? I don't, I mean, obviously after watching the whole series, it's not, but then I think for a pilot episode, there's also that, that piece to kind of play with Hmm. as a viewer. Yeah. That was interesting because I forgot that a lot of that that conversation that was happening took place uh, was shot in in supposedly on Caprica too, mm-hmm. like all that discussion, and mm-hmm. you know, like going back to the Olympic carrier, I forgot that 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 was the kind of like the big plot, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah. I had forgotten how they escaped. And I actually thought the Olympic carrier was another ship that had to get destroyed at some point. Mm. Um, I feel like there was, was something in season two or three where like 
another civilian ship had to get someone had to make the call to either destroy it or something like that but um yeah so that was that was kind of cool to just kind of go through that experience again you know what else still plays Hmm. is um Gaius Baltar's hair dude (laughs) that guy's I think that's my hair idol dude like just the way the good hair man good hair it it is good hair he 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 maintained that in his eureka small run oh that's right you know going back to that I was I was thinking about like who's still working from that show right from eureka no, from Battlestar. Well, obviously, oh. like Edward James Olmos and Mary McDonald are going to be working because they're they're A list celebrities, yeah. A list actors, right? Um, Some of them still pop up in things. Like Trista Helfer was, has been in and out of like main roles in yes, for TV, sure. TV shows and for I mean, sure. by the way, if you want to be, I'll be a little you know sleazy and say like Trista Helfer still works. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes she, yes let's just get that out of the way oh but yeah yeah definitely. she's been yeah she's been in she's been in a lot of uh yeah i think I, she was recently yeah uh, yeah a lot of these guys are still working but like no one really blew up yeah right like could you say the the one who got who blew up the most was grace park because she ended up on hawaii Five O. yeah for such a long time and she's also going to be in ABC's uh, com- competition to This Is Us up this upcoming season. Oh, really? A million something. It's it's like another family show. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, her. I, Katie Sackoff was in a few movies. Yeah, Star- and I think she's uh, she ended up. Being a voice on um the animated Star Wars like Clone Wars and um mm. Star Wars Rebels too yeah yeah but I mean in terms like shout out to them they're still working yeah. but I don't know man like I feel like some of these sci-fi shows don't don't really let anyone blow up or I don't know what it is but I mean the they were really good sci-fi shows right like yeah um you know. Like Eureka was a little bit more niche than um, is. I don't know. Would you say Eureka is? It was definitely quirkier, but I don't totally know if quirky. it's it's. I don't know if it's more accessible to wider audiences than Battlestar would be. I mean, it's obviously totally different shows, yeah. two different shows, but like, ah, uh. because like these show like sci-fi shows they're able to get some good talent mm-hmm. on board yeah. but the good talent they get like uh it certainly elevates yeah. the the profile of the show but the current the existing cast yeah hasn't really also, seemed to just like super yeah. blow up well a lot of them are canadian actors too so they ended that's up that's very true you know like they might be in a bunch of sci-fi, maybe some TNT and a bunch of the CW USA, shows, yeah, USA shows, you know, USA, like because they film 
so much in Vancouver. That's very true. Yeah. Um, but you know, as we're talking about Eureka, if the standout actor that blew up from that show, who really didn't have that big of a role in that show, was uh, Kevin, the son of um. Oh really? Yeah, I forgot her name, but Sally something Whitfield. Yeah, the actress. Her son, because she had two Kevins. One was the one who was very, um, who didn't talk very much. And then the one in the the future, right? Or the one in the future that kind of altered the reality and yeah. was a lot more uh, vocal and more socially um, adaptable. Yeah, he is now. He's the one who was in the recent Shaft. Um, was it Shaft? No. Uh, Superfly remake. He's also in. Um, he has a big role in Grownish. Oh, yeah, and he also was had a big role in, I think, season two of American Crime. Okay, okay. So that actor who I'll let me find his name so we can shout him out officially. Uh, he's probably the one that's blown up the most out of. Um... I mean, I'm I most recently saw Jamie Bamber Leah Dama uh, on a star show counterpart, but it was a super small role. Yeah, he was in. A, yeah, I saw him in another show too. I mean, uh, I think his next big thing after Battlestar Galactica was when they tried to do Law and Order like UK. Oh right, 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 and right. He was, he was one of the main main dudes for that, but and we're, we've been trying to watch that because Hung likes watching. I mean, Law and Order is her jam, <laughs> and I can't I, watch SVU anymore though, dude. She still watches that, dude. It's so hard now. Like having kids, <laughs> it's so hard to watch that. Oh, like uh, thematically. Oh yeah, yeah. But she still watches it. Um, among all the other. What's his name? Um, Dick Wolf shows. Uh, Trevor Jackson. Okay. Shout out Trevor Jackson, aka Kevin Blake on Eureka. Allison Blake. Allison Blake. Bam. Good job. Yeah. Joe Lupa. Um, Joe Lupa was my jam though. Yep. She actually had a. She was season long on... role in the the one hundred on the CW, two or three seasons ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was also on Battlestar. She was for a little bit. Yeah. Who, by the way, if you want to get into, if you anyone's watching this doesn't want to watch the whole Battlestar Galactica thing, I think you should. But if you should definitely watch the first two seasons, then after that, kind of gets really, really like mythology heavy and it might lose you. But um, actually, first. Two and a half seasons. Because it has to get to the point where the Cylons have um they're on some planet, but where she was, she was in the beginning of season three. At New Caprica? On New Caprica? I think yes. she was yeah, she was definitely there. Because she had the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um the whole idea on the term insurgents. 
they mm-hmm. definitely they definitely did some exploration around the the biases around that term. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Season three, beginning of season three. And also beginning of season three, maybe episode two was you know, we talked about like there were a few really standout action, like, oh my gosh, kind of um Oh scenes shit. Yes. That we won't spoil it, just watch it. But you should watch all of them. There's only 13 episodes in season one. Um, was that the like mid-season finale? No, I think it was just was it? No, because like the end of season two, right, was when they got to New Caprica, okay. and then the beginning of season three is when they had to um, basically figure out how to get yeah, out yeah, of that yeah, situation. Yeah. Um, and then not everyone went there because some of them went with. Gaius and some people stayed on Yeah, and then there was you know, like the Battle like Yeah. But the big yeah, there was a huge like Tadao kind of scene, I, right? I definitely want to I definitely want to rewatch that because yeah. that was like that was like you could equate like that episode as like a red wedding episode, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Right? Like some of the the big huge spectacle battle scenes like Battlestar Galactica definitely had one yeah and you know expecting those types of episodes from like these really big shows now I would I definitely want to go back and rewatch that to see like see if that still plays you know I'm sure it's just going to be as impactful for me because I just really love the show yeah um but you know, just from a production quality standpoint, and like, do the beat still hit, or and all all that stuff. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about like what still works, but is there anything that you don't think works? Mm-hmm. Um, this was mid two thousands, and we're thinking about the Cylons have been able to evolve themselves into human form. Hmm. And then the joke was that, you know, they had these old toasters because, like, the Cylons in the original episode, their heads look like toasters, like actual toasters. Right. Um, and then the new Cylons, the, the metal Cylons, you know, they look more, they look more intimidating. They're a lot more modernized, but they still move like old ass, like, Robocop robots right? right yeah but then you have human form that move around like humans i feel like there's a big huge technical like you you, you go from it's like go like still having it's going from a wireless phone to an iphone 10 x <laughs> right sure yeah and this yeah. Where, where's it in between <laughs> that's true that's something I was kind of laughing about when or thinking about when I was watching it. I mean, I I complained about this when um, when the show first came out, and I will still complain about it. But um, Grace Park's bangs, dude, no, yeah, they do not. <laughs> I, oh my god, dude! Like I, yeah, well. You know, I mean, I think I've told this to other people before. I'm not really that big 
a bangs kind of person in general. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm like I'm into bangs. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I'm a little bit. I'm definitely not indifferent about bangs, right? Okay. They're 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 nice. I like them. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe that. Like to say I love bangs is kind of weird, but <laughs> those bangs were really bad, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, not quite as bad as like Tanya Harding bangs. <laughs> um, but yeah, whoever decided to do that hair and makeup, that I don't know. That was uh, not a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that was just like, you know, you needed like Trisha Helfer had to look the hottest. Yeah. And then like um, Starbuck had to kind of look kind of like butchy, but still kind of like cool. Mm-hmm. And there's like frumpy boomer, I guess. <laughs> yeah well whatever um yeah dude those those bangs did yeah. not work um oh you know what something else that i noticed and i totally forgot about was um the opening titles mm-hmm. so the opening titles uh just like you would normally expect a show to open opening credit sequence but uh, there is a kind of a section towards the end where they actually start cutting in scenes of the existing of the of the current episode. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I hella forgot that that's what yeah. they did. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I've ever. I don't think they do that anymore, or I, no. I don't remember any other show that does do that. Yeah, I don't. When they did it. Whenever I caught on to that they were doing that, I I don't I don't recall any ep, any other show actually doing that too. Yeah, kind of giving a little preview. That theme song I think is still pretty dope. When you go from the intro, like the whatever the, vo- the first like the, the vocalizing, in, yeah, know, and then into the yeah the drums. Um, I'll be a little bit of a. Um, HD snob, but this is still it was still shot. Maybe I think season three is when they went full HD, but the upscaling. No, no bueno. No. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What about um? I guess this is kind of along the same lines, but. In terms of nitpicks, like, why, why did the Cylons essentially want um, the guy, the doctor that had the information about to sell Gaius out? Like, it kind of made it seem like the Cylons wanted that to happen. Like... If anything, the information that he had was basically that Gaius sold him out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So they well, but Gaius doesn't want that information out, right? Well, sure, sure. Like, but and I guess what I'm wondering is like, what what benefit was it to keep? Guy, obviously, since Gaius is like a main character of the show, but like, yeah. you know, if if the doctor ends up talking to the president, tells him about Gaius, he gets executed for treason. He gets floated. Yes. Oh, yeah, at the airlock, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then what? Well, obviously, uh, yeah. certainly, like, there's no relationship between... Yeah. Well, and they chose Gaius for a reason, right? Yes, I definitely. mean before before the the destruction of the colonies, before the destruction of Caprica, six sought out Gaius. So there's a reason why they wanted Gaius, and maybe from knowing who he is, they knew that they had to. They had to trigger his um, self uh, um, self preservation self preservation yeah. yeah, and that doctor was one of the the key things that they knew that could trigger him because I mean essentially he's just getting played right now right he's just totally being manipulated. Oh yeah, and I think that, that definitely happens for like the yeah. first first. Right. few seasons right? oh and i guess i guess the thing is that he's also he's the one that gave the cylons information that allowed them to enact their plan right yeah is that what happened in the in the movie so um yeah so maybe they they did it on purpose knowing that he's gonna continue to do more of what six is going to tell him to do by having by showing him the potential doom for him yeah okay all right all right yeah i mean obviously it would have like there would have been no show if that doctor got <laughs> caught but you know that definitely yeah. added to the tension in, in in that episode for sure yeah uh, one of my nitpicks was um, the whole 33-minute thing. Yeah. And not the 33 minutes in general. Like, I'm not going to worry about why they chose 33 um, minutes. But you know how at some point they do a 33 minutes, they jump, and then um, Gata would call the rest of the fleet and say, okay, uh, thirty minutes, 33 minutes starts now. Yeah. If 33 minutes started then, then actually it's 34 minutes when um, <laughs> their <laughs> clocks would go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they jumped. They had to make sure everyone was set. And then he set the clock. So they should have been setting it at 32 minutes. Yeah. And my nitpick about the 33 minutes <laughs> is when all the pilots got to go do that meeting... This yeah. is like the 237th and 238th time, right? Yeah. Like, at what point do you just say, like, guys, you know what to do. Get some fucking sleep so you don't have to sit here for like eight minutes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're military, right? So that they're, they're, they're used to the... 
the repetition, I guess. Uh, that's true. And, you know. And that, that gave Starbuck her chance to rip into that's Apollo. True. That's true. And then, and then and laugh it off. That was kind of weird, actually. When I was watching that, like, that seemed weird. Yeah. But then maybe I forgot that they were like they were super tight. Homies, or, yeah. But like you know, or or that was supposed to be like some romantic tension or sexual tension or whatever. Yeah. Um Well, and then it also kind of like down the road it foreshadowed Apollo's um difficulties with being in the military, right? Yes, yes. There's definitely uh, a theme of just uh, what it is to be a good leader, particularly with in between like uh, uh, the EXO, Saul and and Bill when um, when what's her name, Duala lost the Olympic carrier. Yeah, that yeah. that one time. Yeah. Um, Can I say? Um totally random thing watching this and obviously i watched you know whatever five seasons of it or four seasons or it was six years worth of four seasons right right for the most part for the, the main characters i knew all their names there's certain shows now that i watch pretty consistently that i still don't know some of their lead characters names and that has more to do with me sometimes because I'm like on my phone, but <laughs> but let's say like Game of Thrones, and this is a bad example because there's just so many people. Right. I don't know any of their names, um, and I always refer to Rob to explain to me like who's who. <laughs> but I, I think that there's, I, I think that's more of. Um, It it just shows how much I paid attention to that show a lot more and like really dug into it. And and that review that Yahoo group really was uh, kind of my part partly it's a big piece of my foray into like really loving TV over movies at the time. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Anything else that to nitpick? Uh, still not hot about um, Hilo's acting. <laughs> not, not not really a big fan of that. I, I remember that. Yes. Um. No, no, no other nitpicks. I guess. Definitely gonna seek out that one episode. That season three banger. Yeah. That yeah. banger. I feel like you need to watch the last two episodes of season two and then the first yeah three. for sure yeah I, I think i probably will right that run I'll, I'll need i'll need to to do one um all right well uh i think that was pretty fun i think we should probably line up another one to yeah. talk about um maybe something more current i don't know but i guess it doesn't really have to be well no i mean if we're if we're thinking of Things if we're that... looking at back as uh as kind of like a retrospective and see if things still play, then we got to do something a little bit older. Are we going to do pilots or just, uh, just stuff? No, just stuff. Okay.
I have a few things, but kind of as a kind of the segue to here. Last week, I decided to take a break from podcasts outside of the rewatchables and my two main wrestling ones. Okay. To listen to albums. Oh yeah, really? Uh, okay. Yes. You know, and it's so much harder now because you have everything at your disposal and you could listen to whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a little bit of a maybe it's a little bit of a subconscious um or maybe totally conscious response to listening to the very specific things that Malcolm wants to listen to. Right. That I wanted to like, let, let me let just things simmer. So anyway, last week I decided to listen to albums. And the first one I chose was, uh, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Okay. And then the next one was AT aliens. All right. Outcast. And then the next one, which I was finishing today, was um, Soul Food by Mo- Goody Mob. Okay. Um, and it was really cool to just force myself to not skip things outside of like the, the intro um, skits and just listen to the whole thing through. Yeah. Miseducation is one thing because I used to listen to that. I don't know, maybe for a year to two years, that was one of the things I listened to the most. And then actually I was kind of reflecting on some of the, some of the songs and in miseducation that I have a little bit of a different response to now than I did when I was, what, how old was I? 19 or 20, 21. Interesting. Um, but I could hold on to that for another time. And then that was that. And then the other thing that I was really into, and this was more, I think I watched it maybe closer to when we last recorded, but um, the movie, A Quiet Place. Right. With, that was directed by John Krasinski. Yeah. Starring his wifey, Emily Blunt, and him. And two really good kids. Kid, good kid actors, which I don't normally like kid actors. Um, you know, it's a very intimate movie because there's only, there's really only them that are acting in the, in the movie. But I like horror movies and it was definitely a different kind of horror movie. And it was, I, I really, really enjoyed it as a horror movie and also as a, a family film. I mean, not a family film, like um, a Hallmark <laughs> religious movie, but like not family a film channel, about a family. Right? Not ABC family. Yeah. Not like, yeah. Um, not like a Kirk Cameron film. The, <laughs> there was, um, yeah, there was definitely those things. There's the horror, there's the, there's a little um there's a gimmick to the movie so i'm not spoiling anything essentially what happens is the earth has been overrun by aliens that have super strong sense of hearing 
they're relatively blind. But if they hear anything, they will they can they'll hear it real quick from a far distance and just kill you, right? Yeah. So this family has had to figure out a way to exist and survive trying to somewhat thrive in a world where you cannot mm. make a sound. Okay. Right. And then the family themselves in this, in that kind of world kind of have a leg up on other families because they already know American sign language because their daughter is hearing impaired. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically what it is. They're trying, just trying to survive. And then, the movie jumps into a certain there's a tragic thing that happens and then there's another big it's just drops into their lives a few years after um and oh and emily blunt's character is pregnant oh okay yeah so which you know if you're gonna if you're watch it and you talk about nitpicks it's like oh there's no way in hell that can happen <laughs> without sound but um Especially any woman that's watching it has had to give birth or like, this is complete, you know, anyway. But aside from like those little things as a, as an experience for the movie, it was a lot of fun. It was definitely tense. And then there was, um, John Krasinski's the dad in there and there's a lot of family drama in it in a good way. There's a lot of family conflict and dynamics yeah which spoke to me too i need to check Um, it out yeah and it's only the one of the best parts too is that it's only it's basically a 90 minute film it's a throwback to i don't know early 2000s (laughs) when films yeah even late 90s yeah like they let you kind of immerse and then get out in a suitable amount of time yeah man um damn 90 minutes that's that's brisk it is brisk and it's perfect for what you what it needs to accomplish you know again there's really only four actors in the movie um yeah so i I definitely recommend it i told you when i watched it i was like you definitely should check it out but um i'll get to it at some point i'll get to it yeah for sure and then we were talking offline about the seasons insecure, the season three of insecure. I don't want to talk about it too much. Cause I think I want, I want you to catch up and then we can talk about it more. But okay. I'm, All right. I'm really digging this season, especially the last two, the last three episodes. Um, I've been liking, so I definitely, I definitely but, like where they put Issa in the beginning of, yeah. you know, uh, and kind of like, uh, in a place where she's probably nearing a trans, some sort of transitional phase. So yeah. Yeah. I'm liking that. Yep. Uh, let's see for me. I, I don't want to talk too much about this, but I, uh, the HBO summer shows, I really enjoyed, um, succession Mm -hmm. and, um, sharp objects, two very totally different shows. Um, but, uh, for some reason seemed to have to the thing they had in common was really bad uh parental figures in both of those shows so um 
shouts to those actors, Brian Cox and uh, Miranda Richardson, for being completely despicable people. <laughs> yeah. But yet, I watched the but yet most somehow the redeemable. Seasons. You watch what? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they're redeemable because I haven't got to that point. I, I do want to watch both of those, but then I watched the first episode of Succession. And yeah. I was surprised by it, actually, totally. Um, I didn't know what going into like what it was other than people in the ring are loving it. Um, yeah, exactly. I thought but, I was going to hate it, yeah. to be honest. Because, and then there was um, all this like hip-hop in there. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And even that op- their opening theme song is kind of dope. It has like a f- yeah. super dope beat. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to hate it because uh, it's like super one percenter. Yeah. You know, um, but, at the, but at the root of it is a, it is a family, yeah. a complex family drama. And yeah. I think I'm going to repeat something that I think some of the folks on the ringer said was just that they don't make being rich. They don't glamorize being rich. Like you see it, but it's like, it's never pretty or like these people don't necessarily enjoy it in the same way that you'd see like, um, entourage or something. Right. Or the OC. I, I wouldn't know. I'd, haven't seen I haven't I think I've only seen like maybe parts of the first season. Oh really? <sighs> was yeah, that, was that your jam too? It was eventually. I, I was I had no in, it's kind of the same way. I had no interest watching it because I'm like, I don't really give a crap about the OC and all that stuff. And then uh I was reading some stuff about some other thing and I ended up watching it. And then also Bill Simmons was at the time when we were we obviously have referred to Bill Simmons in the ringer a lot because he, I don't know, big deal in terms of how we consume entertainment and sports. But definitely, he had, he was writing about it that he was into it. I'm like, okay, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'm in. Yeah. Oh, but what I actually do want to talk about is um, uh, a Hulu show called Castle mm-hmm. Rock, which mm-hmm. is basically based on the lo- like the locations and characters of, of Stephen King. It's yeah. not really based on a book, but it incorporates yeah. like that that town. And um it was pretty compelling man. Like pretty mm. uh uh it 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 really like grabs you. There's there's cool little Easter eggs, um, like Shawshank Prison, and they talk about like you actually get to see like where the uh, when the warden in Shawshank Redemption like shoots himself. Yeah, <laughs> like they 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 refer to like that the bullet hole still there, uh. and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it ended up being a a really gripping season. Um, a little creepy, not too much. Uh, really well done. Yeah, um, I want to check that out. I, mean, I wanted to check it out. I, I think the idea of uh, of using a property but not using it literally, yeah, is kind of compelling. Um, I mean, we talked about BSG being a reboot or a rehash or whatever it is, but that straight up took 
characters and redefined it. Like this one, the idea of being in Stephen King's Castle Rock world, but yeah. not necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. There's some kind of like, it's cool kind of grounding and base for storytelling, but it also has a lot of freedom for the writers and the actors, you know, all the people creating that yeah. story. Yeah. And um, next season seems like it's going to be pretty cool too. How many episodes in season one? Oh, shoot. Maybe eight. Oh, perfect. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to also like the the non US um, network standard of shows that are make it easy to catch up. I'll give you my I'll give you my password too. Um, no, I have it. I have it. You have Hulu? Oh well, yes, I have access to Hulu. Oh sweet, yeah, go watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and you know what? I gotta admit this. Um, I'm kind of really into uh, skincare right now. <laughs> I've been turmeric, turmeric, um, turmeric sand, uh, face mask. Yes. <laughs> um, no. So I, by th- part-time gig, I'm working there a little bit more regularly and we're ramping up on kind of the, um, one of the, one of the apps it is, is actually like a, uh, an, an e-com app that sells skincare products. Mm-hmm. And this is basically like Asian skincare, which is super popular, mm-hmm. apparently in in the in the beauty world. So uh, what I get to do is I get to basically shoot people who are uh, women. So far, women, but I guess we probably wouldn't be opposed to shooting men as well. But for now, it's uh, women who. Uh, really love these particular set of skincare products like moisturizers, toners, um, cleansing oils, cleansing washes, like mm-hmm. um, mists and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm I'm shooting all these things and there's all these demo materials and then they're like, hey, why don't you try this? <laughs> um, yeah, you so, got to know the product, man. You do have to know the product, dude. And then, like, you know, my my skincare routine was pretty much like non-existent. Um, but you know, I'm 40 years old now. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to look 40. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, sometimes you just got to invest in uh, taking care of yourself. And treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat, you, treat yourself. But. Uh, yeah, man. Trying to put together a daily skincare routine for morning and, and the evenings. Nothing too nothing too crazy, you know? Nice. So You know, a funny thing about skincare is uh Hung had a one of those like face mask things. Like yeah. you know, you just apply it for I don't know, ten minutes. Yeah. Twenty minutes. She, <laughs> she had it on and she went into Malcolm's room as I think I think he was, I think I was getting him ready for bed, but scared him because. Oh, yeah, dude. Just, that shit's like, crazy, man. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Anyway, he was, he doesn't get scared too much. I mean, honestly, he doesn't actually get spooked by it too much, but he, um, he was a little like uneasy with it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. 
anyway yeah that's um that's it maybe uh maybe next app i'll have some uh some some more recommendations you know we should do i think that should be your next vlog (laughs) is a little bit of a a little bit of skin. Oh yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll do a quick little um, pop culture vlog about you know how to take care of your skin from a from a noob. I'm a yeah. skin noob, skincare yep. noob. Maybe that's my new like Twitter handle or Instagram. Noob. Hey, let's um let's transition into uh, dad moments. Yep. Anything for you? Yep. Uh, I do. Well, I had something on the list, and it was a while back. But you know, I think we were talking about how, at some point, Malcolm really loved dogs, and then at some point didn't. I mean, he loved them from a distance. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think at some point I was talking about how, how I was reflecting on staying calm in those situations instead of um, reacting to his potential fear Mm -hmm. which helps and i think that's continued that both hung and i and we monitor how he reacts to dogs because we know for at some point he gets a little spooked or freaked out by them but also it's not super serious where he's like fearing for his life kind of thing Mm -hmm. but he's like he'll get clingy with us and like not want to touch them and then but still get sad when they're gone. So he still has an interest in them. Like he's not completely, he wasn't completely scared of the idea of a dog. Right. Right. But, uh, we went on vacation, a short vacation to Seattle with, um, and hung out, hung out with our friends, uh, Grace and Rosie, and they had a dog at home and they, and actually also went to LA and her cousin has a dog too, but, um, that weekend uh three days four nights um or four nights three days wait four days three nights he, one, of the, one of those yeah one of those he actually ended up touching and petting and being licked by the dog and was okay with it and then now he pretty much is okay again with most dogs like he wants to pet them he wants to um play with them. Some dogs he'll still kind of be a little bit cautious with and still really want to touch them from a distance. But um, as kind of like a uh, as a shared kind of moment of um, victory, I guess, is that we didn't react to his fear by being fearful of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we still, in a safe way, challenged him to be in situations where he could feel comfortable again with something that he wasn't necessarily comfortable with. Right. Um, so I appreciate both of us for, for doing it that way so that, you know, because I think it's, and part of it, again, like I said, we, we didn't, we noticed that he wasn't like deathly afraid of him. So it's it's a little bit different. Yeah. But we also didn't take that those little moments of fear and play into it for him. Like we still, you know, would make sure he feels safe and hug him and hold him and stuff like that. But 
we still would try to get him to touch it or pet it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big deal. Hopefully that we can that he continues to do stuff like that when we model it that way. Cool. Yeah. What about you? Uh, nothing in particular. It's just that, uh, like, Ginny's getting to the age where she's got hella activities now, man. Yeah. She just started, uh, urban, urban dance class last Mm -hmm. week. Um, and also valet last week. Nice. So, yeah, man. So she's got, um, she's got activities, dude. Like, I'm, um, basically, uh shuttling her over during the weekday stuff like <laughs> like tomorrow on on you know a tuesday 4 15 you know got to take her to urban dance class and then gymnastics on wednesday and then saturday is this thing and then she's also at school tuesdays and thursdays and yeah. um yeah dude like we're in a place where we like we don't I'm trying to think about what I want to put her in, right? Yeah. Like, but also she's definitely interested with gymnastics. She was too young. We're like, I think this will be fun, right? Yeah. Then she ended up liking it. And then I think she had a cousin who's in dance class. She's like, okay, so I want to do that. And like, you know, do I want her to play soccer? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be really cool just to kind of run around. But I don't know, maybe dance class is enough. And I yeah. just kind of want her to, Hopefully she like just continues to be curious and wants to try different yeah. things. And I guess we'll just keep continuing to offer. But, you know, I, I guess at this age, they're super like, like blank slate. So yeah, just trying to figure out what she likes. Um, I mean, she's only been to one of these classes each, but um, we'll see how it goes. In, in her, been- was that? She's been into it though. Yeah, so far. I mean, yeah. uh, I didn't go to the ballet class um, last Saturday, uh, but I think Tess had mentioned that you know she's the youngest one in there, and ballet is super structured. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm pretty sure this is like a a cliche, but like I think the teacher is maybe a little bit more strict than some of the other teachers she's had. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll see. We'll see how how she does. And, you know, if if she's not as good or progressing as, as well as some of the older kids, are we, we're curious about how she's going to react to that. Yeah. Because um, everything else, she's done pretty good, right? Yeah. So we'll see. I think that's what the, I mean, outside of the skill that they might learn in whatever particular thing that they're learning or they're into, like they're getting into, whether it's urban dance or mm-hmm. gymnastics or it, it is, it's that, that exposure to different structures. Yes. And different adults and different people. I think that's a, a huge piece of it, especially at their age, right? I mean, the definitely, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we're also thinking about putting her in a um, kind of like a pre-K kind of program. Mm. Uh, we took a tour last week uh, at uh, the one of the daycare centers 
that um, Genentech oh. operates, mm. and it's awesome, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, it's it's not cheap. Yeah. Um, but you can tell that th- there's like a curriculum. There's like a science lab. There's like yeah. an art room, and you know they get to go once a week, and uh, it's a it's a pretty nice setup. I'm like I yeah. was. I was walking through it and then with Tess and then we were like, man, this, this facility is probably going to be way nicer than the schools that she goes to, yeah. <laughs> the public schools that she goes to. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, it was, uh, yeah, dude, she's, she's getting big. Like she'll be turning five in December and, yeah. um, you know, and she's, you know, she's ready for, I mean, we think she's like smart enough to go to kindergarten, but she has to wait that whole other year because she just missed that cutoff. And yeah, they're really strict. No one is, no one is even like uh, loose with with their admissions for for that sort of thing. Hmm. So you know, we're worried that maybe she'll get bored. You hmm. know, but yeah. I don't know. You never know. Yeah, maybe she'll get, get. Maybe it'll be. Maybe kindergarten will be too easy, and then she'll all she want to do is like talk to her friends and <laughs> you know prevent prevent her friends from learning and. <laughs> or she can be very helpful. That's very true. Or she'll just show off like, oh, I know this already. Yeah, she's already she already does does that at gymnastics. She's like, oh, my my cartwheel is better. I was like, mm, let's not let's not do that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> It's like she's still learning. This is her second class. It's you know, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't this good in your second class. Yeah, so whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's funny. Yeah. All right, man. I think, I think that should probably do it for this app, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, All by right, the way, cool. talking about activities, Malcolm went to his first soccer class on oh, Sunday. Yeah? Oh yeah. Do you like um, it? He did for the most part. It's thirty minutes, you know, which is perfect for his uh, attention span. Oh, def- he definitely. Learned how to dribble the ball. He learned how to stop it. Nice. And he nice. learned to yeah. kick it further into net. And obviously, a lot of it was uh, done with cheating by grabbing the ball and putting it into certain places where it would be strategically well good for him to kick it. But right, right. Hey, it's the first time. First day, and he, right? It's and he's, okay. he's, he's two years old, so. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But he was into it. He has, the only thing that really got in his way was, like, seeing geese and wanting to go play with a geese. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, dude. Yeah. Just, like, distracted by freaking wildlife. All right. Well. Thanks again for checking out the Papa Culture podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, us wax wax philosophical about um, a nerdy show called Battlestar Galactica. But if you haven't watched it yet, or if you have and you hadn't seen it in a while, check it out. Season one, episode one, thirty-three. Um, I'll, I'll I'll also post the article about. Uh, kind of a retrospective on that episode being one of the best pilots 
Nice. Nice. On, on Facebook, and if you can have any thoughts on it, send some comments or questions or whatever to on Facebook or on our Gmail, PapaCulturePod at gmail.com. Definitely. And uh, we do have Instagram, Twitter, at PapaCulturePod. Um, still need to work on that YouTube channel and get some more content yeah. up there. Um, I know you've but, been posting some uh, unboxing. Yep, uh, I, have an, I have another one coming up soon. I have to edit it still, but I have the footage. But yeah, I mean, we, uh, I think, are trying to definitely get into a better cadence um, with with these episodes, with these episodes, and hopefully some uh, some variations in, in in the content. And we definitely look forward to bringing that to you guys uh, very very soon. But in the meantime, um, on behalf of John, I uh, just want to say thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this ride with us. So catch you next time.